Welcome to the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Vincent Williams, and I am joined as always by my partner. Hey, what's up? This is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. And on this stop on the mission, we will spend some time with the debut film by filmmaker Nigella McMean, 2018's Jen. Starring Zoe Renee, Kelvin Harrison, our friend Simone Missick, and our other friend Dorian Missick. But before we get to Jen, Mr. Webb. Mr. Williams, join me in welcoming and thank each and every one of the people that are out there watching us as we stream live on Facebook, as well as on our YouTube page, Me Show Mission. Hi, Miss Bakiba, who is very excited that she found this film on Prime Video. Uh, All right. Hey, Miss Bakiba. Very cool. Very cool. And hopefully you will appreciate our review of this film. Uh, and Sharon Nugget said that Jen is a whole family affair. It indeed, <laughs> yes, indeed, it is uh, a family affair. Uh, hey, Vince, speaking of a family affair, okay, yes, not that we were speaking of it, but we mentioned it, so <laughs> that's enough, All right, to provide a segue. And yes, yes, segues us into. Some segs way stronger than others. Very true. Um, <laughs> some go on longer than others. This one is going on long enough. That gets us into a little bit of a, a brouhaha, for lack of a better uh -oh. word, that um, busted out on the internet recently over the... Um, it has already been announced uh, quite some time ago, but I think it became real for people. When mm -hmm. the character designs for the new Good Times animated series found their way to the internet. Uh, yes. Uh, and found their way to our Facebook group, ladies and gentlemen. Did you see did you see this, Vince? I, I did. I I did. The, the people <laughs> no one really seemed to be happy about this, but, but yes, I did see I did I did see said designs. I will say this though. Mm -hmm. Now that I'm looking directly at it for the first time, I appreciate that they kept James Evans' shirt too small. <laughs> John Amos always looked like he was about to bust out of his shirt in black rage. <laughs> that is very true. That is uh, that is very, very, very true. Um, the Good Times animated series, ladies and gentlemen, for those who do not know, is going to be uh, appearing on Netflix. And it is a joint production of basketball star Steph Curry of the Golden State Warriors and one Seth MacFarlane, um, more popularly known as the creator and producer of the Family Guy long-running TV TV series. And I think, if I'm correct, um, it was the idea of Seth MacFarlane being involved in this series that got people a little upset. Got people yes. looking a little slant-eyed uh, about this show. Primarily because of, you know, let's face it, Family Guy 
is definitely uh, kind of like a little bit lowbrow juvenile humor. Uh, a lot of it, not all of it. Um, right. And some of that humor found its way into Seth MacFarlane's other series, animated series, The Cleveland Show, which uh, has right. been um, canceled uh, by now, uh, a few years by now. And also, I think um, he does another show about some guy who's a, a yeah spy. American dad. American and, dad. I mean, he, I mean, he has quite a little empire. Right. 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 So people are kind of like uh, up in arms about his participation in this and what that foretells um, for the Good Times TV series. And there are also people who feel that it's maybe a little bit of, you know, uh, sacrilegious to bring back this show in an an animated form. Where do you stand with that, Vince? I just (laughs) don't care. (laughs) Don't care. You know it's so hard for me it's like like who cares about this like i understand steph curry enjoyed good times and i mean i guess he liked the reruns like steph curry is too young to have watched it and and first run that's true no when, when it was first run i just yeah i i, I just have a hard time working up the energy <laughs> i i I think Seth MacFarlane is, is, I don't know how much he's going to be involved as a creator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, is he producing it or is he creating? Because I, I think you, you talk about lowbrow. It's just, it's just broad and, and, and not that good times was the most subtle television show. True. True. But, but it is Norman Jewison. Not, not Norman Lear. Not Norman Jewison. Um, no, I'm sorry, Norman Lear. And it it had bright spots. I, I think people who have an affection for good times have an affection for the good episodes. Right. And even more so than that, I think the people that have affection for good times have affection for primarily this cast, which is, you know, sure. James and Florida married with, you know, um, J.J., uh, Thelma and Michael as their kids and I think the the good stuff of the show definitely is primarily found in those earlier seasons I think James left after either the second or third season um, yeah that sounds about right and it, it was and it was with his exit and his exit because the show had changed in scope so much from a family comedy about these about this family living in the projects um to just a very broad slapstick comedy to big up the profile of jj right i think that in and you know when people think with uh, with fondness on the show they're thinking about those first couple of years um they may think laughingly about some other scenes but it's primarily for those first couple of years where the quality comes in and i think that there are there are opportunities to mine some things in those characters and as opposed to doing a reboot of the series where you, now you've got to cast somebody who gives you kind of like the idea of James and 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 re and uh, not rerun but JJ and Florida and everything like that doing them in an animated form is a way that they can always stay that family stay that family nucleus nucleus 
and who knows they might be able to they might be able to do something you know now that you force me to think about it longer than 45 seconds <laughs> i really think what it's going to come down to is the writing staff exactly because something that hit me just now if Seth MacFarlane drives up to the writing staff of Black Dynamite and says, here are the keys to good times, mm-hmm. it could be something. It could be. It could be something. But but it that's it that's a lot of variable. A lot of that's variable. a lot of variable. I'm going to go back to ignoring it completely <laughs> until something happens to make me pay attention to it again. That's where I am with this. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. And and but and 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 you are, are you are you going to put a pin in this? Are you going to tag this like they do sharks and watch it swim? Like, am I going to follow up and and, and yeah and check out good times? I am. All right, I am. I, I'm. I'm. All I'm, right. I'm curious to see what happens. Hey, first of all, look, I feel that especially you know, calling myself an artist of a point, you know, yes, I do a podcast, but I do artwork as well and stuff like that. I feel it right or wrong, culturally obligated to at least give every little piece of art that is speaking from an African-American voice or uh, pretends to look through uh, a situation through an African-American lens at least give them one shot, right? I mean, okay. this is why I watched the first episode of the new season of the Batwoman TV series on CW because they cast a, a African-American to be Batwoman. So I said, well, let me give her a shot. And I gave her right. a shot. Now I'm okay. done. And I don't have to give okay. her any more shots. So I'm going yeah. to give the Good Time animated series, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a shot. Okay, so just to 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 complicate that a bit, Batwoman. I'm assuming, and I don't know, but but I just know CW shows. I'm assuming that the writing staff and and the the entire creative entity around Batwoman is pretty monochromatic, uh, and yeah, and, and if Good Times is follows the the path of Seth MacFarlane. And I'm just going by what he did with something like the Cleveland show. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much black creativity is going to be writing it. Hell, I don't know how much black creativity is going to be doing the voices if you don't watch them. Does that <laughs> count? Um, this this counts as something that you still. I was still I was still looking at, at it because Seth Curry is a, a producer on this, um, and something tells me. I want to believe that Steph Curry is smart enough to try to make sure that he's got the right complexion going up in that room, in that writing room. Right. Or or at least the the right sensibility. Right. That's true. Because it doesn't... Right. You know, the right... Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, like, the head... Right, the, the person who puts it together doesn't necessarily have to be a black person for a, a, a situation or a series or a movie or whatever to resonate profoundly with the black experience. I mean, I'm just right. thinking, I'm thinking about Watchmen with Dave, Damien Lindelof, 
you know? Right, right. But but as as we've discussed, he made the wonderful move of of kind of falling back. Well, true. Well, true. And and who knows? That might be uh, Seth MacFarlane's... That might, ha- it might happen with good times. Okay. Right. All right. So. Are, are you happy, Lynn? Thank you, Vince. Thank you for are indulging you happy, me. You made me talk about good times in the animated series by Seth MacFarlane for six minutes. Are you happy? Are you not entertained? You might have learned that the Emancipation Proclamation and Union victories ended slavery in America, but so much more went into abolishing slavery than battles and declarations. And freedom meant more to black people than eventually being paid for their labor. Seizing Freedom is a new VPM podcast that focuses on the agency black people exercise to define what freedom meant for themselves. And you'll hear how they did it in their own words. Seizing Freedom presents these stories through the lens of lived experience, drawing from letters, autobiographies, and more to showcase voices from American history that have been ignored. Find them at seizingfreedom.com or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, that's enough about good time. Thank you, Vince. I appreciate you. And uh, yes, yes. hello, everyone else who's who's still joining us in the Facebook group. Hi, Deborah. I see you. Hey, uh, Robert Monroe, Blue Girl. I see you all. Aaron Fry. I see you all. What's going on, folks? Now, Vincent, for uh, just a, a, a change of pace for a little bit, if you will okay. indulge me again, yes, please, sir. Let's talk about One Night in Miami. Yes. New, yes. new movie that um, premiered this month on Prime, Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Uh, One Night in Miami is tells the story of the fictionalized meeting of Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali, Jim Brown, and Sam Cooke in a room at the Hampton House in February of 1964, celebrating Muhammad Ali's uh, surprise title win over Sonny Liston. At this time, Muhammad Ali is going by Cassius Clay. This film, from a screenplay uh, by Kem Powers, adapted from his play by the same name, is features the directorial debut of the actress Regina King, the Academy Award winning actress Regina King. Yes, sir. And stars Kingsley Ben-Adir, Eli Goray, Aldous Hodge, and Leslie Mm. Odom Jr. in the lead roles. Um, With a always happy to see Lance Riddick in a supporting role. Um, I, Mm -hmm. I, I really wanted to get your take on watching this film Vince because I had always intended to watch watch the movie but before I could I watched it um my sister and her husband they had watched the film and they told me that you know they told me that they found the this film to be a little slow and a little boring mm-hmm. and they did not enjoy the film right so I said oh, okay well I'm I'm still curious to to check it out um, mm-hmm. and when I, so I went into it, that was the only thing I knew, uh, knew about it. I hadn't read any reviews for the, for the movie or anything like that. Of course, it's been hyped up a little bit, but I didn't read any reviews. 
And in watching the film, except to hear, and just through osmosis, you couldn't help but hear that um, that the acting in it was uh, amazing, especially Kinsley Ben Benadir, uh, who portrays Malcolm X in the in the film. That's it, that's mm-hmm. the one thing that was leaking out was that you've got to see this Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. Um, so I watched the movie. I'm always a sucker for a, a, a good period film. This film is set in mm-hmm. 1964. It starts off recreating the fight between Cassius Clay and Sonny Liston, um, which is always pretty pretty audacious for a first time director to um, uh, uh, try to depict uh, a boxing scene um there uh, i don't know if it like exactly starts off with that but that's definitely in the lead uh, uh in early on in the film um but i actually found myself slowly being sucked into the world slowly mm-hmm. su- sucked into this this idea of being the fly on the wall for this um this meeting between these four icons of the time who uh history tells us were indeed friends um of mm-hmm. a sort maybe not as boom as as best buddies as per, uh portrayed in this film but definitely were friends who actually did meet up and at this time after this fight and commiserated over ice cream so mm-hmm. um I was like, oh, that's very interesting. And then you're just kind of trying to fill in the gaps to take this this little snapshot of history, this little one-line sentence from all of these guys' bio, and then create this story um, that kind of works in a way as a bit of a mini-biography of all of these guys. Um, and I found myself kind of like entertained by it and and, mm-hmm. and moved by it i was but i was very interested on your read on the film i enjoyed it i i enjoyed it a great deal we've been talking about kemp powers on and off mm-hmm. the past couple of weeks because he co-directed and co-wrote the script to soul right and and i thought this screenplay was amazing like like i thought this is a very dialogue heavy film as you mentioned right. It really is just for 85 to 90% of it, an extended conversation between these four men. And sometimes they break off Mm -hmm. into little groups, but it's just very talky. Right. And, and I think the challenge was to try and humanize these four people that in 2021, as you said, are actual icons. Right. And I thought the script was a great foundation for doing that. Like, I really believed in the humanity mm-hmm. of all four of these men, all of these characters. I I thought the acting was went from great to superb. I I I think, you know, I, I like I love Leslie Odom just yeah. from Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And he didn't quite click all the way for me as Sam Cook. Just when I think about Sam Cook, but I liked him a lot. And, right. and I think that 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 frustration and that 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 devil may care attitude that covers up the turmoil, all the emotions that were I thought Leslie um Odom Jr did that really well. 
You know, I have to say, I like Kinsley Ben Adir. I I didn't think he was the breakout for me though. Like obviously he looks more like Malcolm X. Right. I mean than than Malcolm X. <laughs> then right. And and he had that down pat. And again, I think what Kent Powers very smartly focused on is that while these four are icons, you catch them at different moments. That's true. In their life. Right. And this is literally a matter of months before Malcolm X is assassinated. Uh, and not long before Sam Cooke is uh, murdered as well. Right, right. But Sam Cooke didn't know it was coming. That's true. Malcolm X pretty much knew. And that weariness comes through, comes through um, Ben-Adir's. Ben, Ben-Adir, Kingsley Ben-Adir's performance. And I thought that worked really, really well. I think, uh, I've, and I've said this since Ali, I think portraying Muhammad Ali as a fool's errand, especially for people our age, mm-hmm. because Muhammad Ali is such a larger than life presence in our lives mm-hmm. that anyone who tries it just pales. And I was trying to figure out why Eli Gorey worked for me so well. And it clicked when somebody said, this is Cassius Clay and he's 22. That's right. That's right. He's not Muhammad Ali yet. He's a kid. Yeah. He's not Muhammad Ali yet. He's little more than a kid. And I thought Eli Gorey did a great job having that youthful bravado. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that sort of doubt that comes from him being the youngest in the room. Mm -hmm. Like you got the sense he's the most powerful in the room as far as his um, influence and everyone knows what he's about to be, but he's a kid. Yeah, yeah. You you know who was a revelation to me though was um Aldous Hodge. Really, I thought he was amazing as Jim Brown. You thought so? He looks okay. nothing like Jim Brown. True, but by the end, he had a Jim Brownness about him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the way he carried it that I thought was fantastic. There is, in my mind, the best scene in the movie at the beginning with Jim Brown. Oh, with Bo Bridges. And I don't even want to talk about the scene is uh, talking about this script. The scene is amazing. And I really, really enjoyed Aldous Hodges. I will say this about Regina King's direction. I looked up and the movie was over. Like, I couldn't believe the movie was over. Like, like it was like, are you freezing? I no, I'm right freezing. here. I'm right here. I'm okay. Right here. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. This thing moved. Like, for it to be two solid hours, I looked up and the movie was over. I thought, I thought that it, I thought that it kind of lagged a, a little bit. And there were some, there were some direct, directorial choices um, that, I kind of questioned the the camera lingering in a position a little bit longer than I thought it maybe should have. And I don't know necessarily whether or not that was a uh, direct the director's call or just the editing of the film. Oh, that's um, funny. I'm going to say something about that for Jen. That's so funny. I had that in my <laughs> notes for Jen. Go ahead. Um, but I think that for the most part, yeah, her direction is very solid in this in this movie um and she gets out of the actor's way which makes sense when you're an actor that's a director mm-hmm. you know because right. you know what you would want 
a director to do. You know what I mean? Right. Um, right. But when you talked about Aldous Hatch, I think he had in many ways the worst, well, not the worst, not the, the harder job of all of mm-hmm. them because as iconic as Jim Brown is, Jim Brown is very much still, and even then, an enigma. So mm-hmm. you know yeah. him, but you don't 100% know him. And then some of the stuff that you know about him is cool, and some of the stuff that you know about Jim Brown, even this point in 1964, ain't so cool. You know what I mean? Right. Because he's got a, he's got a little bit of a you, know, a, you know, there's some stuff, let's just say there's some stuff in Jim Brown's um, it's in his closet right now at this at this at this time in 1964 um and jim brown is not as, as extremely intelligent and smart as the man is he's not a guy who uh is going to speak a lot he's going to he's he, he ain't got time for like no no right. soliloquies he's a, he's- He's a man of action. A man of action, a man of few words. So mm-hmm. Aldous Hodge is then asked to, you know, be Jim Brown and get that over, yet still having probably definitely less in the script as far as mm-hmm. lines in the script, you know? So everything is his facial expressions and him just kind of like being there for everybody. Um, but he definitely pulls it off. I'm definitely a fan of 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 Aldous Hodge. Um, uh, Fatima Ali actually uh, corrects you a little bit, Vince, because, and okay. this is what I thought, Malcolm Malcolm X is actually murdered a year later. It's Sam Cooke who dies later in 1964. No, no, but he's... Um murdered in february yeah but still but still he's he's mur- i said he's, oh no 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 he's murdered I, right, in february yeah. 1965 sam cook doesn't make it out of 64 he doesn't make it out of 64 yeah yeah you know? yeah so i mean uh and and and, and you get and like you said he didn't he doesn't see it coming and if you knew sam cook you wouldn't see it coming either because to, to see him in this film <laughs> it sounds like he's about to like rewrite his his whole uh career at this moment now i'm gonna say this and then we're gonna move on if my brother was sitting here and we had some bourbon between us and it was an hour later we would talk for two hours about how sam cook was murdered oh look there's and 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 because for for the exact reasons they talked about in this film Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not murdered he was assassinated well there's i don't believe in many conspiracies but Sam Cooke is one of the ones I believe in. Well, there's more than a few documentaries about uh, mm-hmm. about the life and murder of Sam Cooke that I, I invite you, ladies and gentlemen, to go check out um, because it's he is a, he is probably along with Jim Brown the name and personage from this film that a lot of people probably know the least about. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, you might you you've heard Sam Cooke, but do you really know Sam Cooke? And if you ain't in the sports, you don't know Jim Brown. Right. When Jim Brown says Sam is the only one that's not waiting for a white man to sign a check, mm-hmm. that's all you need to know about Sam Cooke. When Sam Cooke broke down the math of the Masters and went went on, and remember, this is the '60s. Sam Cooke was talking about this. That's right. That's right. That's right. Sam Cooke was a bad man. 
He's a bad man. Uh, but but I'm glad to see. I'm glad to hear that you you enjoyed the film, man. Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I really did. And I'm looking forward to more from all involved. Me too. Me too. Definitely. All right. All right, uh, Miss Makiba. Thank you for the plug. Uh, the two killings. Uh, mm-hmm. Sam That's Cook. right. Streaming on Netflix. Check it out, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen. That's right. All right. That's right. And uh, <laughs> James Girl says Aldous Hodge is back. Well, congratulations. There you go. I've liked him since he was Voodoo, the evil quarterback on uh, Friday Night Lights. Wow. I didn't watch Friday Night Lights. So, um, yeah. What are yeah, you doing season? watching Friday Night Lights? I love fr- Friday Night Lights was fantastic. I mean, it's about high school football. Yeah, but I mean, it was about high school football, but that's like saying taxi was about taxi drivers. Not true. Yeah. Point. Yeah, Michael, when the years Michael B. Jordan was on, um, Aldous Hodges was his was his big rival. They were rival quarterbacks. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, he played voodoo. <laughs> All right. I've heard good things about Friday Night Lights. I think I watched like the first season and then I kind of like fell off. Or- hey, man, clear eyes, full hearts. Can't lose. All right. All right, yeah. l- l- ladies and gentlemen, let's get into our review of the actual film that we're reviewing tonight from All right. 2018. It is Jin. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. I dance because my grandmother danced. Movement is one of my only connections to my lineage, to my DNA. My identity is shaped by my parents. They come from two very different worlds. Your mother, she's always discovering things. Summer, put that back on. You ever thought about maybe temporarily giving in? Islam? No. I think you look cute in the scarf. Can play around with it. You gonna wear that to work? I have finally found something that makes me happy, and you want to mock it instead of maybe learning something. Learning what? How to hide behind scarves and holy passages instead of just saying you want to be accepted for once. I didn't know you got down like that. Photos everywhere. You're a hashtag. I see some of my young Muslims flaunting their bodies and using Islam as a way to be liked. But I say to you, young woman, stop before your photos become actions. I'm becoming someone I don't know. I introduced her to the truth. No, it is your truth, Jane. It is your truth. My mother throws God at me, but I was born a smoke as fire. She was born of clay. I may never see my mom again. She disappeared in a holy book for another day. I know what you did, Summer. We want each other. We both want each other. And the religion can't stop that. I'm sorry. I am a smokeless fire. I am a smokeless flame. They call him Jin. Jin is a 2018 film written and directed by Najala Mumin, which is about Summer, a carefree 17-year-old whose world gets turned upside down when her mother a popular meteorologist abruptly decides to convert to Islam. 
starring Zoe Renee, Kelvin Harrison, our friend Simone Missick, with appearances by Hasham Tafik, Kelly Jenrit, and our other friend Dorian Missick. Mm-hmm. Jen was the choice of Lynn Webb. Lynn, what say you of 2018's Jen? Well, having never seen this film before, before um, watching it for the show, um, I actually was surprised how this film kind of like fit in theme with what we were doing in uh, these last couple of weeks in January in not only selecting films, independent films that were written and directed by women, but I I think uh, it's fair to say unbeknownst to us, we selected two films that presented windows into worlds that are not often seen on the uh, movie screens um, in the watermelon, watermelon woman, in 1996 providing such a matter of fact viewpoint into um black lesbian uh lifestyle in philadelphia uh, at that time and this film presenting again a very fly on the wall matter of fact look into the world of um islam and um convert the conversion to muslim uh from 2018 and as much as this film is presented as a coming of age film for the character summer uh portrayed by zoe renee this actually is really a film about two women mm-hmm. convert converting to uh islam and their struggles with it because this film is very much about her mother as well jade uh played by simone missick um and as you have alluded to uh both dorian and simone missick have grown to become friends of the show they have been guests on the show a couple of times um we've been fortunate enough to be able to be in their company and and share share words with them and stuff like that and we're very appreciative of their friendship um so you know i wanted to keep that in mind but still try and be as objective as possible when looking at this film i think that's one of the reasons why we kind of like held off on reviewing the film right right but the work is the work the work is the work and you got to do what you got to do that's right um so this is a film that is very much about these these two women and right off the bat this is a film that it made me angry but it made me angry because you know i was like oh, you must have done something right because, like, you 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 got me. Because this film opens up, it opens up with Jade, the mother, con- more or less converting to Islam, right? You're not mm-hmm. given any real reason why she's, why she's doing it. You don't get any type of backstory of what led her to this moment. It's like, it's literally, she's in one scene, she's a, a rather woman, and in another scene, she's thinking about becoming islamic and the third scene she's islamic and you don't really see any type of thought process with that you don't really see what is going on in her backstory that's making her do this which is fine if if that's how the story is being told but then 
she to me at least in in this film demands that her daughter take on the islamic faith as well and while you're if you're raising a young uh, a young child they kind of like following your footsteps you know where i go you go because this is where i gotta go i'm going to church today you're going to me i'm going you're going Mm -hmm. with me you know summer is not a young girl summer is and we're told very early on in this in the film is a high school senior which means that she is probably a good 17 18 years old and to me and 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 the relationship that it's portrayed between jade and summer definitely feels like a relationship that is you know uh it's a maternal relationship but there's it definitely feels like they have like a looseness about their about their relationship that is more they definitely confide in one another they're 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 mm-hmm. friends she likes her mom she likes her daughter you know they get along um so for her to all of a sudden turn so staunchly maternal to her 17 year old and make her have to go to you know take on this islamic faith which we are not really given any type of subtext as to why she's taking it on that i was like yo why are you doing that? That's kind of like it, it. 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 I. I got mad. I was like, "Yo, wh- why are you doing that?" To she's she's a seventeen year old. I I can understand her being resistant to that. Um, mm-hmm. But that be, uh, uh, that being said, as resistant as she is to it, she does slow uh, summer. You do see summer slowly kind of like embrace the um the islamic faith the the muslim way of life or at least so you believe she definitely is bumping up against it and learning uh has some hard-fought lessons on what it actually means to be muslim actually what it means to have some type of uh faith guiding your every step guiding your walk of life um and for a film to portray that in in this way, very, I I I, I didn't feel that it was preaching in any type of way. I didn't feel like it was sermonizing in any type of way. I felt like it was taking its time with uh, showing how this is effective affecting on summer. I applauded that. And mm-hmm. I liked it. However, at the end of the day, I didn't feel that the story of the movie had enough stakes to it that I felt really like involved in it. Like 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 mm. sitting there and like wanting, like rooting for summer. I didn't feel like it, it made me want to root for her root for her mother the the two of them to get out on the other end to come out on the other side to um reach their goal like the watermelon woman for all its faults which we definitely talked about you know i felt a a bit of uh, uh um you know i i felt very cathartic and was like like cool because the film ended with and she told her story. She told the story that she wanted to tell. And this film 
you know, I didn't feel, I didn't feel as involved in this story as I, as I wanted to be. I thought it was, it's, it's a well-told story. It's a well, um, it's a well-made film. Um, but at the, but at the at the end, there was just something that was just helped kept me from like really locking in on it. And I and if I'm being one hundred, I think it may have been the push and pull between Summer's story and Jade's story. Like I could have mm-hmm. just as soon as you know, just stayed with Summer. Um, mm-hmm. because I, I enjoyed her relationships with her friends. Um, I, yeah. I, I, enjoy, oh, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed that, that back and forth. I enjoyed that window into that world. I enjoyed the, the window into a world where friends can, can talk harshly to one another and still come back the next day and be friends because they understand where it's all coming from. I enjoyed, they could joke with one another about, the changes that's happening in someone yet still show that they're embracing it and still showing mm-hmm. that they, you know, that they're accepting of it and they're not going to be the person that, that throws you, make you go um, throw anything away. I, I am, I enjoyed that they were friends who called each other out on their, on their shit every once in a while. You know, mm-hmm. I enjoyed, I really enjoyed her relationship with Tahir, the, uh, the young boy mm-hmm. who she has a relationship relationship with in this film i love the back and forth between them i love the exploration of one another um to see what each other is about um the accepting of one another you know i accept this is how you are i accept this how you are we're going to try and find our way together and then where they come out on the other side i'm cool with i just would have liked more more time with it you mm-hmm. know at, at the end of the it, but because this film does pull away for moments with what's going on in jade's life which which is as well done as they are i don't think any of them are super super explored in any truly um meaningful way outside of just to you know give lip service to okay she's going she you know she's converting to islam so now that's going to change how she appears on the show and so you've got one scene where they people bump up against it and then the next scene all of somebody's all of a sudden somebody wrote a blog you know you've got this um you know the the head uh you got you got this uh, i'm sorry who the imam yeah the imam you got the imam who's kind of mm-hmm. like kind of like slowly you know um passive aggressively hitting on her you know um mm-hmm. and but th- but, but nothing it, really comes up but nothing really comes of it it doesn't really mm-hmm. have any type of like end point to it you know um it, so i i i for all of that it, it's well kind of like meaning as those moments are i would have just as soon as like give that real estate of the film back over to summer you know mm-hmm. and so that we can be that more involved in her in her story um because real quick and then i'll I'll let you go the actress zoe renee 
it's very compelling in this mm-hmm. in this role. She is very compelling. She carries a lot of this film on her shoulder, and I think she uh, ably does so for the most part. So that's why I would have loved to see her have at least more moments to maybe show even a little bit more colors that she had mm-hmm. uh, in her pocket for for that character. Um, so I come away liking this movie. And I, and honestly, look, watching this film is like this was a film that I think was tastefully done, even the love scene in a way that I could I would be interested in showing this to my nieces as a way of kind of like an introduction into just, you know, like there's they will soon be teenagers. So see how teenagers mm-hmm. go through as as well as an introduction to another um, culture as far as the Muslim culture. So I came away liking it. I just didn't find myself liking it and enjoying it as much as I really, truly wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think my note that I kind of circled was 92 minutes. Mm. And I don't know if it was a budgetary, a budgetary concern. I don't know if, if this is just the story that uh, Nigel Mumin wanted to tell exactly how it was, but I really, really wish this could have breathed a bit more Mm -hmm. because there are so many aspects of this story that that can hold it their own. Right. Like, 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 like I'll, I'll just start. Let's just get it out of the way. I, I was, I really enjoyed Simone Missick's performance. Mm-hmm. Like, like this is, you know, I don't know, you know, you know, Luke Cage, she's like a badass in Luke Cage. You, you know, she was in, um, altered carbon. Yes. Badass in altered carbon. She's a badass in altered carbon. Uh, I haven't watched a lot of all rise, but what I have, I mean, she's a judge, right? I love the fragility that you see in her performance. I love this sort of almost she's sort of tenuous Mm. in these scenes and you're right it's not spelled out but 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 just what you glean from it just from what her her ex-husband played by her true life husband uh dorian missick says about her sort of being all over the place when they met um the kind of clunky info dump but still worked Mm. report that summer writes about their backgrounds, yeah, you know, her parents' right. backgrounds. You get the sense that Jade has always been looking for something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think this film does a great job through Simone Missick's performance of showing the peace that yeah. religion, and in this case, Islam, brought to this woman. But like you said, that that I mean that could be a whole movie. That, that's and that's the problem. It, that that could be a whole movie. Just Jade's journey, right? Zoe's journey, as as it, I can't really say anything different than what you said. Every aspect of 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 Summer's life is compelling. I love her relationship with her mother. I love her relationship with her girls. Yeah, we, we talk about black boy joy. I actually, wrote black girl joy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Her best friend, played by um, 
Ashley Fauché, yes. Blaine. Blaine was the best. Yes, he was. I could have watched those three girls just hang out and be girls. And it was so nice to see just this joy in these girls sort of living their life. I just love the female characters in here. Like I've talked about uh, about Jade and Summer and, and Summer's friends. You know who I really, really enjoyed as a character? I know who you're going to say. Go ahead. Tahir's mother. Yep. Rashida. Yep. What a complex character. I know. And what a great depiction of a modern Muslim woman mm-hmm. who has apparently made these decisions in her life because of her faith, mm-hmm. has this approach to her faith, but at the same time, navigates this world. Yeah, yeah. As a black woman. But again, the film is 92 minutes. Right, right. So you get these wonderful characters, and it just feels like there's not enough time with each of them. Dorian Missick, big fan of Dorian Missick, doesn't have a lot to do in right. this film. You know, he's in three scenes, but even in those three, like, like you see the dynamic between he and, and his Summer. daughter. Yes, you do. And you he do. and Jade. And just, you you know, sort of the divorce cool dad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like he's divorce cool dad. But there are these beautiful moments. I mentioned you were, um, you were talking about um, One Night in Miami and how Regina King lets the scene Linger go a little, little long. Right. And you said you didn't know if it was the director or the editor. And I thought the same thing about a couple of scenes in this film but I thought they worked really well. There were these moments, like there's a moment where Jade is angry at Summer mm-hmm. and basically tells her she's a disgrace mm-hmm. and it hits really hard and you can feel like this is the moment that the scene should cut. Right, but it goes a little long. Longer. But it goes a little longer so that we sit in it. Yeah. And I yeah. love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The moments when Summer dances... Mm-hmm. Go a little long so that we can sit in the joy. Mm-hmm. And then the one great moment that I thought Dorian Missick has in this film towards the end, and it's just a plot, you know, come to find out Summer has had sex with Tahir. And her father finds out at the table. Her father, David, plays by Dorian Missick, finds out at the table as Jade and Summer are talking about it. And there's this wonderful moment. Yeah. Yeah. Where the two women kind of have made their peace with it. Like, like, like Jade says, you know, did you use protection? Did you want to do it? Summer says, I did, I did want to do it. And then they sort of reconcile. And then the camera holds on David Mm -hmm. for a split second. And you see on his face, Cool dad was not ready to hear about his daughter having sex. Right, right. But it's such a great decision. Again, I don't know if it's the director or it's the editor. But all of these moments kind of speak to what we're saying, where where this is the, <laughs> this is like the great Michelle mission compliment. Like you and I are usually slicing and dicing. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, this was 15 minutes too long. This was 20 minutes too long. They could have edited out this part. Why is she over there dancing? You can cut that out. 
where I think this could have used 15 more minutes. Yeah, I think it could have used a little just bit. Just to a, a open it up to, some. Yeah. So yeah. that like you, I liked it. I wanted to like it more because I wanted more done with it. Just that moment you were talking about when um, they are talking about them having her and Jade are talking. To, she reveals to to her mother that she had sex with Ty here. And what I appreciated about that moment was when Jade asked her, did you want to? I immediately remember because I, I noticed it and I appreciated it. In the moment, in the scene when they do have sex, she and there's a moment between her and Tahir when they're looking at each other and she implicitly does tell him it's okay. You know, mm-hmm. that, that you know, this is what I, I want as well. You know, uh, this is not coercion or anything like that. Um, and I appreciated the film having the intelligence to present that. Because it could have been very easy for you to just assume consent because they had been ki- kissing. You know what I mean? Right. right. Uh, so I, I like that little stop for that, you know? Um, right. And then the Rashid, okay. The Rashida character, I was, I was about to call shenanigans on this film on, on for, for two things, but it, it made up for it very quickly because they have sex. They like it. So then they later on another day, you know, <laughs> want to start to have some more sex. However, as opposed to when they smartly did it when no one is home, now they're regular teenagers. Let's try and mm-hmm. sneak it while our parents are home. And only for mom to come up and very subtly just turn on the lights because she sees what's happening and that's the signal that I've seen you so stop and Summer says oh, I've got to go Tahir well, do you want want to walk me down and she says no and then he lets her go tip down those stairs now bruh I was calling mad shenanigans on that because you do not let no one just tiptoe out from your house, especially when you know you just more or less, even if you don't think you got busted, you saw the lights come on. So you have to assume that you possibly got busted. So you don't right. let nobody just go to the lady, go tiptoeing out, out the door. So I was getting my mad on for Tahir. And then when she does go tiptoeing out the door and Rashida meets her at the door, I'm like, well, Whew. first of all, first of all, you want to talk about the walk of shame. Oh, my God. But but I was about to call shenanigans to like, oh, you're going to give her an earful, but you ain't going to talk to your son. You ain't going to call, uh, your, oh, no. call your son downstairs. But uh, Oh, but, she got uh, enough for everybody. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> right, right, right. Because then you'll cut to the scene after. So, you know, you hear her ramming at her husband, obviously, after she rammed, uh, rammed at Tahir. Oh, but, yeah. but what I appreciated about Rashida's character, like you said, this was just a, that's a, such a well-drawn character for who doesn't have probably as many scenes as Dorian, maybe two, two three scenes as well. But yeah. when she does confront 
summer, while it is with anger, it is more, it is, it is anger that is baked inside of first and foremost disappointment. Yes. Um, and that is, and, and that is how she, she greets her. She says, I don't want you coming back here, but it hurts her to say that. Because, oh yeah. Cause she oh, actually yeah. was, she actually did like her was beginning to feel her but, and appreciated the relationship that she was developing with her son. Um, and it was, it, it, it all comes out in so few words, but with just, you know, looks and, 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 sensational acting and then just the you know i'm gonna call your mother you're just like oh i mean like dude i mean that was yeah. just such a captivating look performance and move and, and moment oh uh, we should probably say that's uh kelly jenrit who plays rashida her character is fantastic just to finish that thought i love that she calls jade summer's mother to tell but she's sensitive enough to understand that Jade is going through whatever Jade is going through and understands this isn't the moment for that. Mm -hmm. And when the imam has the, during the service, oh. basically talks about Summer posting inappropriate pictures on Instagram and Summer runs out and Rashida, as soon as the service is over, goes and digs into his ass. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, Rashida is this this is a movie right here. That's right. That's right. Right. This, you know, again, it is I think it is a testament to to the director, to um, I'm going back and forth that, on my uh screens, to uh Najula Mamin. Right. That you have these characters. Yeah. That are so fully drawn that you really do want you want more. You want more of each of them because Nahir's family, like Tahir, like Nahir talking about talking about his parents are basically patching things up because his dad wanted a second wife, right? And his mom wasn't having it, and now things are just getting back to normal. And then the movie goes on, and I'm like, whoa, we should probably hear some more about this. But you know what? You know what? And I I felt that too. But you know why I appreciated that that was just you know matter-of-factly put out there because this movie uh does what every other mainstream movie does especially in regards to religion right mm -hmm. whatever your religion or or spirituality uh of choice it assumes you know the basic trappings and what you don't mm -hmm. know you'll eat you'll you know the the subtext will fill it in Right. Right. So, you know, it assumes that, you know, the basic trappings of the Muslim faith. Uh, and if you if you don't, you'll get it. You'll get that when they when they gather together, the women sit in, in, in one section and the men sit in another section. Uh, you'll get that when they pray the women are behind the men and you um you get and i 
I'll tell you just a, another scene that I, I, I just, I, I loved, and this has nothing to do with the faith, but I just loved that they were sitting there watching a basketball game together. I just, I just absolutely mm-hmm. adored that. I, I was like, oh my God, it's so cool. Um, uh, but, but it assumes that you know that and it, and it doesn't grab your hand and walk you through. It doesn't have to like, you know, like, um, like, as much as summer is our window into this world, she's not our window into the encyclopedia of Muslim. Her, sure. She's our window into what matters about being Muslim. Well, I, I guess I, I, I guess the reason I wanted more of that, because in my mind that went along with this theme throughout the film, this, this gendered look at Islam. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and while I agree with you, that the film doesn't hold your hand and shouldn't have to hold your hand. Right. I do think you have to acknowledge how those of us who aren't Muslim, those of us who don't know any Muslims, those of us who don't live in Philadelphia, which is half Muslim, (laughs) have these misconceptions about the faith. That's true. And I think the parallel journey of of summer as a young woman and jade frankly as a single woman mm-hmm. along with rashida who's a married woman does a good job of showing how complicated it is gender is yeah yeah so yeah. that i thought that this this moment about because they they kind of lamp they, they kind of lampshaded at the beginning when Summer is talking about converting, and Blaine goes on that glorious rant about her <laughs> uncle. <laughs> where the moment where I say, "Oh yeah, I just want to hear Blaine talk about things," mm-hmm. and she says, "And you know, and he had like thirty seven wives, and then he was stealing some." <laughs> but they kind of it, it is this misconception. Right. About polygamy. So the fact that this couple who, you know, like you said, when we see them, they're watching basketball. They have this great relationship. I forget whether or not this is before or after Rashida goes and dresses down the imam. This is before because this is her meeting. Before. Right. I just thought it was this wonderful opportunity to really talk about it. But again, and and this this is just what we're going to keep saying 92 minutes right right you know 92 minutes but i enjoyed it you know i enjoyed it i i enjoyed it i i really enjoyed the performances you, you know like i said once again i i it, i don't want to sound like kind of vaguely insulting by how much i like simone missick's performance i just haven't seen her at this speed mm-hmm but like I love the quiet moments with her. Like there are two or three moments where it's just she and the camera. Like when she's sort of pronouncing her new name. That was uh, fun. I love the a first fun moment. Yeah. I love the first moment where you see her giving her weather report and you hear the weather report voice. Mm-hmm. And then when they say cut, her whole face changes. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's such a quiet performance. And it's just, you just kind of want it more. 
You just kind of wanted more, but but ultimately, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Like you said, like I said, ultimately, I come on down on the side of enjoying the film, um, and you know, just skipping ahead, I would recommend the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a part of me that j- j- just wanted to like it more, and I think you just put your finger, you you nailed it. Just you know, maybe having more more room um, for things to breathe and. Uh, for some of the scenes to like land a little little stronger for me, but ultimately it's a good movie. I'll say another thing about Summer and uh, Jade, Zoe Renee and Simone Missick. I appreciated that they looked like mother and daughter. Right? That's that what... looks like Simone's kid. I know, <laughs> I know. That I came away as like, like. <laughs> Why are we fronting here? This is Zoe Renee. Yeah. I mean, like, come on. Right, right, right. <laughs> I, I, I like that. Um, I appreciated that aspect of it as well. Also, who can only make sliders? Like, like, what's this whole deal? <laughs> what's this whole deal? Because let's face it, if you can make a slider, you can at Dude. least make a whole burger. Who can only but that make sliders? Such. It was such a great little detail. I know. That tells you about David. Like, David is just... And you know, like, you know dudes like this. Like, just sort of living this kind of superficial life. Like, he gets gets to be cool dad because his ex-wife is doing all the heavy lifting. Right. Like, like, so I get to have the, you know, I get to date this woman who's, you know, it seems pretty frivolous, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I'm happy and I'm happy go lucky. And again, he comes from this big family, so he's very secure in who he is. Right. Right. He has no qualms about dating a white woman. So, you know, he's dating this white woman and all she can make is sliders. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm cool with her. And then when things go down with uh, Summer, and Summer is, you know, is it cool if I stay here? And he's like, of course, you're my daughter. Yeah. And again, he's just sort of carefree and happy-go-lucky, which is a wonderful contrast to, to Jade. Jade. Yes, yes. Yeah. But like I said, it makes for that wonderful split second where suddenly Cool Dad is a little bit out of his depth. Yeah. Because yeah. now his daughter and ex-wife are talking about birth control and consent. I know, because that is not a conversation you want to have. <laughs> Trust me. Uh, uh, not over pancakes and you weren't ready for it. Right? <laughs> like, he's, he thought he was just directing traffic between his crazy ex-wife and his crazy daughter. He ain't know it was going to be all this. Mm-hmm. And, and he didn't know that it was going to be all this, and I got to pretty much just swallow it. You know what I mean? Like, right, like right. he couldn't even like speak on it. Just like, what? But it was cool. And it again, was... Dorian Missick doesn't have a lot to do, but that's a great moment, and yeah. he nails it. Well, so, you know. So, Lynn, yes, would you recommend? I said Jen? I would recommend people. I know, but we have to do it formally. Yes, yes, Vincent, yes. I would also recommend Jen. I would also recommend Jen. Uh, I don't like to do free advertising, but I did notice when it popped up, if people are listening to this in real time, it is on Amazon Prime, but I think it's leaving 
in like five or six days. Yeah. So I thought that's what it said when it popped up. I think so, it may have said that. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I think it's I leaving because it, it's leaving at the end of the month. Yeah. So if you have Amazon Prime, it's on there right now. It's going to be gone by the end of the month. If you're not listening to this in real time, it is certainly worth the rental. Definitely is. And make sure that you get Jin, J-I-N-N, from 2018, ladies and gentlemen. Do not rent the film of the same name from 2014, which is a <laughs> horror, bub, horror film. Yes, a horrible horror film. So do not watch that. Are, are there any black people in 2014's Jin? Yes. Oh, so you can't even do that. Like, if you turn it on and and see, okay, all right, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not as many. I mean, it's not all. It's not a black cast at all. <laughs> right. Um, but it's oh god, <laughs> god. Horrible. You thought it was gonna be awkward for a second. Like you watched like 20 minutes, and you're like, I'm gonna have to come on here and and say that the Mystics movie was terrible. <laughs> It was awkward for 20 minutes. <laughs> it, this is a strange film for them to be. I don't I don't see them in. <laughs> this is uh this is very off-putting. Um yeah. <laughs> but it's a weird film. All right, ladies and gentlemen, before we tell you what we're going to be reviewing next week here on the Me Show Mission, I invite you all to Send us all of your feedback. Send your emails to mishowmission at gmail.com. I can't make it rhyme. <laughs> um, also, like and follow us on all the social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at Mission. Subscribe to the Show Mission on the uh, YouTube, as well as the Show Mission is a proud member of The Podglomerate, thepodglomerate.com, curated podcast for your earbuds. The show is available in an edited form every Saturday at 1 p.m. on WPPM. Philly Cam, 106.5 FM, People Power Media, here in the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection. And Billy Cam. You can wake up with the Michelle Mission every Monday at 9 a.m. on WKDU FM 91.7 FM, the voice of Drexel University. And if you want to help us out, ladies and gentlemen, go to the MichelleMission.com website and hit swag where you can check out all of the cool designs that we have coming your way by way of our good friends at T Public. And someone asked, does T Public make the designs for the shirts? No, they do not, ladies and gentlemen. No. The designs for all of our uh, accoutrements are created by this guy. That's right. Me, Len Webb, uh, AKA Cruz. I do it all. And I have a new design coming your way. You can check it out for all of you who are um, subscribers to our Michaud Mission Dispatch, our weekly newsletter, you will see come Thursday that there will be a new design for Black History Month emblazoned in our newsletter to coincide with our second year of in a row of featuring for Black History Month African American Westerns. (laughs) Giddy up. Giddy up, giddy up. What? What? That's right. We are going to be having not one, not two, not three, 
But four weeks, four weeks, ladies and gentlemen, of African-American Westerns here on The Lee Show Mission. And next week, we kick things off with my choice, and I'm dipping way back. Wait, wait, wait. Yes, yes, this yes. This was your choice. It's my turn. Well, I thought we were doing it with my... We start, I thought we would do them in chronological order. Well, this, right. this way you'll have two you'll have two weeks in a row. All right. Go ahead. All right? Okay. All right. So we're take we'll two. Old timey cowboys. We going old timey, baby. We going old time. You know what I do. You know what I do. Yeah, yes, yeah. You know what I do. We going all the way back to 1939. Oh Lord. They were actually cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> it's a documentary. <laughs> No, it's not. No, it's not. It's a fantastic film starring that smooth baritone of Herbert Jeffrey. Don't know about him? Mm -hmm. Then you're going to look him up because he's a bad brother. And he Mm -hmm. brings his group, The Four Tones, and his trusty sidekick, Rusty. (laughs) And they show how Harlem rides the range. (laughs) That's right, baby. Um... Is that Oscar Michelle? That's not Oscar Michelle. It is not Oscar Michelle. Okay. It's not Oscar right. Michelle. Harlem it rides the range. 1939, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. We go back. Back in time. Harlem was Harlem was just code for black people. I know. I know. Like, is this like does this mean like it's a, a New York Western? Like what? Like it's kind of like how that director said that Zoe Kravitz was too urban to be in something. <laughs> True. True. Look at you over there playing that Harlem music. <laughs> that Harlem music. <laughs> but they do sing in the in the movie, so I'm, I'm I know. Looking forward to it. There you go. All right, that's next week here on the Michelle Mission, ladies and gentlemen. Until then, he's Vincent and I'm Len. And in parting, we say we'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.